Good morning, Yush. <laughs> Good morning, Logan. We have had to move operation to the studio. Yes. Because the wind has unfortunately not stopped blowing. We did attempt to begin our recording out where we normally record. Yes. Out in the in the open air under the beautiful open sky. But I could not hear you. Uh, and but you the could wind, not hear me. which you can probably hear in the background, and hopefully it's not having too much of an impact on the audio in here, is just not relenting. So. We are now recording, unfortunately, in the studio. Unfortunately, it's a beautiful studio. Thank it's a, it's you very a, no, much. You've done a fantastic job in the studio. It's plants, light. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> yes, no, hopefully, hopefully we'll be able to get back out tomorrow. But alas, this is the situation we find ourselves in today. Do you know what was really lovely yesterday? It's my favorite part of yesterday. Do tell. Seeing your book on the shelf at Collins Booksellers. <laughs> yeah, that was a really surreal feeling. How did Just you feel? Looking at it and seeing my name there on the on a book, on a major booksellers shelf. Like I don't know if I properly appreciated its presence there. I looked more at like the company it was in. <laughs> it was in, it's in like the poetry Shakespeare classical section. <laughs> like they've done it so much dignity. <laughs> it's like it's it above there, yeah, like it. Shakespeare and Oscar Wilde and, and like the Bronte sisters. And it's like in and then next to it is the the Penguin Classics stand. So it's it's got all those all all the all the the, the Penguin Classics that you, you see in, in all the bookshops, and it's there on the shelf next to it. I'm like, oh my gosh! Like they didn't put it in any of the new agey type esoteric area, and I'm like, oh, thank God for that. <laughs> so they must have just seen that it, the the format Poetry, that it was yeah. written in, and I mean, it's poetic. It is poetic. Uh, but yeah, that was a really cool thing to see. But I don't know if I properly appreciated it. I don't think he did. But I I was just seeing there. I'm like, this is. This, like, I feel like this was like handed to you by God, this moment. Well, it feels like it was because I don't didn't have any role in it ending up on those shelves. Yeah. Well, the only thing I did was put it in the cafe with your art. Yeah. And then family friend picked it up and was like, hey, I know the, the owner of the yeah. Collins bookshop here in Sunbury. And then she took it there. This is all behind my back. And then lo and behold, I, I now have a book on yeah, the shelf. And it's and like, she, what? And she loved it. She's like, I love it. Where I, did this I love come it. From? I, don't, I just, yeah. She's like, I think it's a great book. So, yeah, we went yesterday to go and check it out and see what's sort of happening. Uh, it hasn't sold a copy yet because there's low foot traffic apparently. Yeah, there's a roadworks. So, because there's, yeah, there's roadworks. It's major roadworks that are happening in the middle of the, in the, middle of the town. Mm. Uh, so, one of Dan Andrews' many level crossing removals. Uh, <clears throat> let's hope he's kept a budget on that one. Anyway. <laughs> 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 but it's reduced the amount of foot traffic through the center of Sunbury. So, she said that she's very confident that it will begin to sell once things begin to pick up shortly after it finishes its uh, its works. So we'll see what happens. You got to put that energy out there. I too. do. I do need to put that energy out there. You need to trust there. that that energy of the book, everything that you put into it, which I want to hear more about, because you haven't really read, come back to that book for a while, have you? I've flicked through it every now flicked and then. I, I was yeah. reading. I've read um, a few more passages just recently since this all happened. Since this I, all happened, I read yeah. back through it. Yeah, 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 just to make sure. I'm like. Geez, if someone buys it and then asks a question about it, I've got to remember what I wrote about. <laughs> it's funny because something like that, when I wrote it, it was my initial self-exploration. So, like, at that time, that was in, I think I wrote it, it was around February, March 2020, something like that. Yeah. And then I ended up publishing it, I think, in, like, April. 
I just remember it took two weeks to write and two months to publish yeah. to do all the formatting and the editing and stuff so that it was all properly like book ready. Two weeks, huh? But you, it wasn't initially, uh, you weren't going to publish it. It was just a No, writing. I was just initially writing, just, just experimenting and having a bit of fun with it. And then all of a sudden this thing floated out of me and it was like, whoa. And it felt pretty complete. And you encouraged me to, to, uh, to get it published. So we looked into the publishing channels and... Because you kept saying, oh, it's, it's like a book or it could be, it's like a book. Oh, it, yeah, it feels like, like jokingly, a book. I was like so facetious when I said yeah, it. Yeah, I know, but and I'm like, well, your soul's telling me. And then you took me seriously. Oh. And I was like, well, why don't you? There's, yeah. there's nothing what? special about it. Like, you just do it. I go, there's, you know, it's not a rare thing to happen. A lot of people can, I mean, it's probably easier now to self publish or publish a book than it ever was in history. Well, it's testament to that is the fact that I did self publish it. Yeah. So. <laughs> and you did a brilliant job. So, yeah, when I wrote it, it was, yeah, it's 2020. So it was just after the start of the pandemic, but it wasn't really influenced by the pandemic yet because we didn't know the scope, the scale and what the fallout or anything. On? What was going on at that time? I can't remember. What? Well, at the remember, time, I think we were just trying to figure ourselves out as Yeah, because we'd moved people. out of home. Because we'd just moved, we'd moved out yeah. of home the September prior. So we'd mm. been living together for about three or four months. Yeah. And I think we were trying to get something started, get like just of service somehow because mm. you'd lost your job yeah i think had you lost your job by that point march yep well, if i wrote it in february maybe not i'm not sure february, i can't remember you gotta look back on the dates of the but i've always sort of enjoyed writing when i was younger as well so it was something that i've sort of always like you with art you kind of do it for a bit then you come then you leave it then you come back to it can you let me ask questions like don't just go on tangents like let me i want to ask questions no i'm flowing on from that like question that you asked initially so okay. this is how my thought train goes sure because i was like i'm gonna ask you all these i'm like okay well you just go then but i just if you do pause and you're gonna go on something else I got. I want to ask questions because I need to learn how to ask questions. Okay. I'm not making this about me. I'm, I want to make it about You're you. You're so making this about you. <laughs> oh my! Get out of my story. <laughs> Sorry. Honey. Uh, now I'm going to try and pick back up that train. Uh, <laughs> We've got to recatch it. No, no, no. I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh, what was I saying? So, yes, that's right. I had gone through some family issues. Uh, Probably a year prior, I think it was. Yeah, something like that. I think it was about a year prior. It would have been almost 12 months prior. And it resulted in a... It was a, throughout the year as well, wasn't it? Somewhat. Somewhat? There was a, oh, yeah. yeah. There was a... Obviously, there's different perspectives on the situation depending on who you ask. But from, from my position, it sort of... It felt like a very harsh, abrupt sort of cutoff from my family. Again, like I said, that's from my perspective. I'm not saying that's the right one, but that was just how it was sort of like for me. Sure. And I found it very incredibly difficult. And then it's... I, in order to cope with it or to deal with it, I knew straight away because I was already before that point, you'd opened me up to uh, like this more spiritual... Eckhart Tolle. Eckhart Tolle, Deepak Chopra, like those types of spiritual the alchemist. Uh, authors. Yep. The Alchemist. Yeah, Paulo Coelho. I don't know if I pronounced that right. Uh, so, you, <laughs> you just sort of opened me up to those. So, I started reading them and I got really interested, particularly because I was studying osteopathy at the time. Mm. And so, I'm like, ah, okay, here's some like spiritual literature to kind of wrap my head around a little bit. And a lot of it started to really make sense. It tied a lot of things together. And I actually thought about it the other day because I say a lot of the time that Jordan Peterson saved my beliefs in, in anything, any religious notion, any belief in God. But actually, 
he potentially set those notions that I actually did already have on more solid ground, yeah. I think. Because it was actually Eckhart Tolle reading, um, I think The Power of Now was a bit too much for me at the time. No, I read The Power of Now and then I read A New Earth at a later New point. Earth, yeah. But it was reading that, I was like, <laughs> like my mind was blown. I was like, holy crap. And he drew a lot on, Eckhart drew a lot on the biblical teachings in order to help establish, I think, his points. And so that that sort of changed my view a lot. And I started going really deep into the kind of spiritual stuff, into the, the soul and, and purpose and what our existence is and where we fit in the, as, as individuals in the big scheme of existence itself, of God, yeah. let's say. And... I was like, man, it, it, like I said, it, it completely opened my eyes up, right? I was raised more so spiritually, I would say, like a belief in like a spirit world, a belief that there was a life after death, that this, that this human existence wasn't the be and end of it all, that there was something more and there was a deeper underlying meaning that was more spiritual in nature to our existence here. So I was sort of raised on those types of beliefs and values and... You also had experiences with ghosts, like you could sense yeah, them. Yeah, I, I when you did were have younger, some yeah? weird sort of occurrences when I was younger, and I'm not going to go too much into them. No, but, but I'm yeah, just I mean, there was I had some sort of experiences that seemed to back up a lot of those sort of yeah, beliefs. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, like, because you had those experiences, it was like, yeah, okay, there's something else. There is something so you else. Always had like this, um, yeah. But it's always felt like it's felt right, you know, one of those things, like yeah. it feels right. Yeah. But it's like, I never really thought too much about it. You know, when you're a kid, you hear this sort of stuff, your parents raise you on certain ideas and, and belief foundations. I sure do, yes. And you don't really understand how they apply to no. reality. Yeah. Um, until you're probably older and you experience a little bit more. Anyway, so like a lot of that stuff sort of lied dormant. I mean, mm. I, I believed it, but I didn't actually understand how it really applied, how it fit in with reality for me. And I start, when I started reading Eckhart at that later time, I was like, wow, okay, this is starting to see something a little bit more concrete. And it's funny, when I, a lot of those books that I read and I have read, they've, I've taken bits from them, as you do, and I implement them into sort of my, my framework a little bit. I take what I need from them and I implement it. But it gets to a point where after you get to, because I've read so many, I don't actually remember specifically where certain bits came from. Like, I don't know which author influenced me in which way, if that makes sense, or yeah. which book influenced me in which way. Which way. I can tell you books you that influenced open. me. you were open to everything. Yeah. And then everything was kind of like came at you at once. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I can tell you which books were influential, yeah. but I can't tell you what from each book was influential, if that makes sense. Uh-huh. So, anyway. So, that was that was one of the, the, re- the catalysts for my changing views when it came to healthcare which ultimately, uh, among other reasons, uh, ended up in me walking away from osteo and never actually having practiced. I graduated because I was in, I was in my final year when I started uh, learning this, this stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, wow, it completely changed my view on, on, on the approach to healing and what's important. That would have been pretty hard to face. Like you've gone to uni for five years and then all of a sudden your whole, like everything that you had been studying and then incorporating this like spiritual aspect into it which significantly changed your views surely that wasn't easy for you to take no it wasn't <laughs> like but it's it wasn't easy in the sense that i was changing my beliefs were changing or my thoughts about 
how to apply my beliefs were starting to be like, whoa, because I was actually starting to believe in something. Mm. And then that kind of meant I had to do something about it. But when you're doing that amidst the kind of thing that's that something that hasn't changed, like I'm still at uni, yeah. I'm still in the same situation at home and all that sort of stuff. I'm changing my views on the world, but my situation itself hasn't changed. So that was the hard part. How do you reconcile changing views and values with an unchanged situation? So that was the really difficult thing for me and trying to find my way with that. I, I, did, I did struggle. It was really difficult. And it was hard for my family as well because I started changing my views on sickness and why someone was perhaps dysfunctional, needing to go and see a doctor or an osteo in the first place. Yeah. And when I started doing that and I started making those references to my family, if they're like, oh, I've got to saw this or saw that, I'm like, is there another thing that's, that's bothering you that is not s- simply a, a physical thing? Like an emotional... Yeah, is there perhaps an emotional cause or a spiritual cause? cause? Yeah. Is there a dysfunction somewhere in your psyche or is there a dysfunction somewhere in your, in your more intuitional field, your more spiritual field? that perhaps is manifesting as a physical injury. Yeah. And when I first started like asking those types of questions or saying, no, I'm not going to massage you because I think there's a better way of going about this problem, it was, it was difficult for them to, to do that. And I, I remember my mum saying that my, my dad at the time, he was like, I've got such a sore back, but I'm not going to go to, Lo- I'm not going to ask Logan to help me because he's going to tell me it's all in my head. And it's wow. like, there's that complete misunderstanding of where I'm coming from. Yeah. And it's probably because I was so new to it. And, oh, I, you couldn't, and, you and couldn't I didn't, I didn't know how to communicate it. I didn't yeah. know how to express it myself. Yeah. And but also because, like I said, I was changing internally without there being an external change. Sure. So it was difficult for those in right. that external okay. environment, like mm-hmm. those that were around me, to reconcile the fact that I'm not, I'm, I don't believe the same stuff I believed even two months ago. So that was really that's difficult. a drastic change. Yeah. yeah, I can relate to that. And you start saying um, when it's when it's a physical ailment because I really was into like I became very interested in energy healing, and I was like energy healing. What is that? It's just I just love the that I just love those words energy healing energy. I don't know what it is about energy, and then. I started to play around with it, being like, and learn with from Louise Hay, um, and all of that, all of those beautiful healers who are like, that when you hold a belief, that actually create if it's a, if it's a destructive one or if you've held it for too long, it does come up in your physical body. I'm like, how interesting, what's that? And the more I played around with it, the the more proof I got that that was actually truth, and then I was like, okay, there's something to that. So that would have... And ultimately, that sort of belief has led to our current experience when we when we feel that something's off. It's because it's spiritually we're being told spiritually, something. Spiritually, yeah. And usually when we follow that inclination, we've we're been right. Right, yes. Something's actually... Something Probably has been like off. 99% of the time, if yeah. not 100. I can't think of one specific instance that happened probably within the last two years where I thought that something felt off and, and followed my <laughs> gut and it probably was vindicated in the end. But, you know, that's that's beside the point. <laughs> <laughs> I keep making and it these doesn't matter. Like, oh, no. political references. I'm so sorry. No, it's okay. I um, But, yeah, anyway. It's political So, time. I... Had to try and figure out how to navigate that, and it was it was really difficult because I was also maturing as a person too. Mm. So, meeting you and going through what we went through early on in our relationship that was a big thing. That was a big eye opener for me. For like, 
something real is there. So, there's something there's something really real with you. There's something that feels Are you talking different. about our relationship with that first month? The first month. Or you're talking just yeah, generally like, going through the hardship. Because I'm like, how, how far back do we go? I'm trying to I'm trying to provide a really deep context for me actually publishing the book. Yeah, go. Keep going. Uh, find that core, honey. <laughs> find the cause. Gosh, I hope I can actually locate it. I don't know if I can find it. It's I mean you, you can try all back and go that this happened because that happened, but then that happened because that other thing happened, and then so and in on a so past forth. life, yeah. <laughs> so, you're yes, yeah, so you definitely influenced me, and you introduced me to that spiritual literature, and we had to part ways after about a month when we were first together because I had to recover. I had to I had to move on past my previous relationship because I'd only broken up with her longer term relationship of about you know it was two and a half years i was i was um with her for and i'd only broken up with her for two weeks before we met yes and so i had to actually properly move on from the past relationship so after about a month of seeing each other uh we i we had to walk go our separate ways and that was one of the hardest things i've ever had to do yes excruciating so anyway we ended up getting back together and 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 it's all it's all a happy ending so (laughs) we're married now but um, yeah, you, you introduced me to a lot of stuff, and then that, those types of experiences that I had sort of helped to reinforce that growth that I was experiencing. It's like you've always had it within you, though. It's like spirits telling you, you know, this is the direction. This is the direction you're meant to go. Like, there's something yeah. within you that's calling. I mean, we always have that. Like, everyone is built, um, or everyone's built uniquely in terms of their blueprint. But it's just interesting how there's always this always a spiritual element when things get really hard people tend to fall on their knees when they get when it gets too hard when it gets so hard that there's nothing left for them in the physical world and material world to help them they generally fall on their knees or look up or pray well that's about. one of my, that's one of the things that i build my my belief in god on that it's yeah. that i believe in god not simply because i can i there's a there's a definitive proof of god mm. i believe in the necessity of the of a god i love that because I, I think that you need to act. I think that that living and existing and experiencing is is an active process. If you're inactive, it's you very quickly stagnate, and you feel that stagnation in this deep unfulfillment or mm. unsettlement, this discontent. Yeah. And that's horrible. That you know, and chronically, that obviously leads to some serious issues. And so, I believe that life is about acting, and your and your beliefs, your your beliefs have to fuel action. And if you don't believe something that's going to actually spur you forwards into action to create something beneficial for yourself or create something new and to have fun, I don't think the belief's worth having. So that's one of the that's basically the kind of seed for the you have everything you need in order to move forward right now. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm like you need to have actionable beliefs. Otherwise, you'll sit there and you'll you'll have the support of an of a what in my opinion what is a defective belief and do nothing. And it's not doesn't serve you in any meaningful way. Mm. So I believe that God is necessary because existence is hard. You know, it's life is not easy. No, it's and not. sometimes yeah, when you have so little control over everything, which we do, we have so little control over everything, right? There's a tree next to this next to this studio that yes. we're currently recording in. There's a strong wind. At any moment that tree could come crashing through the ceiling here on top of us. It could, yes. 
And we have very little control over that. Obviously, we can not record in here and record away from the tree. But I'm just saying, you know, you go out for a drive. Yeah. <laughs> you go out for a drive and you, you're relying on other people not to hit you. Yeah. Or some unforeseen circumstance you're to happen to trusting. not hit you. You're literally trusting. You're trusting that people are paying attention. I'm trusting right now that, that there's not going to be a, a kangaroo that's going to jump over the fence and and like and and come in here and, 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 and impale us. Like, you know, that is so random. It is random. <laughs> Why yeah, ending yeah. up on the shelves is yeah, random. That's true. That's what true. I mean. We're yeah. so there's so little control we have yeah. over all these things that are external mm. to us that the fact that we're not dead yet is a goddamn miracle. I keep saying that. I know it is a it is a miracle. The fact that everything that we have no control over has not conspired to end us yeah. is is a, it's an absolute miracle that we're still here. And that the burden of existence i used to think it's actually a line in the book that i do actually disagree with but you can you can interpret the line when in your own book yeah in my own book you can interpret the line in a in a different way to kind of make it line up a bit better but i know the energy that i wrote that line with sure and i disagree with it now because i have a better understanding of it right i I called it the the i think the laziness of default suffering or the laziness of default sorrow Mm. because my perspective up to that point because that was how i was raised too was that you know, if you're struggling, do something about it. You know, life isn't hard. You make it hard. That type of stuff. I yeah. didn't really understand depression. I didn't really understand those those real mental, spiritual ailments like that. So I was like, if you are seriously giving yourself in, or if you're saying that life is suffering, then that means you're just not, you're not trying hard enough. And that's why I called it lazy. Mm. So I actually disagree with the spirit in which I wrote that line. But like I said, you can reinterpret that line into something that is more natural, and I think in accordance with what I believe now. But I just wanted to I just wanted to be open and admit that right now. No, do it. But you're in a different headspace now. I am, yeah, totally. I've learned a lot since then. It's been two years and I have learned a, a, a shit ton since I wrote that line. Or in the, just the, even the book in general. <laughs> anyway, where where were we? We're uh, we, we keep we keep sort of trailing off on tangents Sorry. and stuff. It's all part of the building the building the uh, the context process. So I, I the whole question is how did you feel with your book on the shelf? <laughs> <laughs> 23 minutes later uh no so i'm going through these 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 changes right and i'm in a, i'm studying a field that deals directly with people in their health and i'm going through a complete transformation in how i view re- like reality and how i view the things that influence your life so i'm like now i'm starting to believe that pain and dysfunction is something significantly larger than than a, than a physical thing you know, there's the trinity that we constantly say of mind, body, and soul or mind, body, and spirit. But mm-hmm. our healthcare system only ever treats the mind oh, and the body. Yeah. It doesn't do the spirit. It's like everyone acknowledges spirit, but it's like that's just some abstract notion that's det- completely detached matter, from, yeah. from everything else. It's a nice idea. Yeah. You know, like, and I'm like, hang on a minute. And I think I, my bit. personal opinion is that that is the most significant part. I broke my leg when I was 15 and that was a spiritual experience. It was a, it was a, physical, a physical thing that happened, but it was spiritually speaking it changed my life it, it and i was 15 it changed my life when i was 15 all right it it changed my focus it yeah. put me actually on the path towards you know the man i am now obviously because it happened <laughs> but at that point my focus was entirely different my energy was flowing down an entirely different channel and i just i wasn't supposed to go that way why is that it just wasn't it wasn't meant for me you know i mean i don't not not to get into my entire life story but it was not what I needed I was so focused on sport and so focused on on being a a professional cricketer or football player I couldn't make my mind up at that point but it was never meant to be for me I don't I don't have that 
drive and that passion to excel, like really excel in those arenas. And so I don't, it was never something that was going to work. Mm. So I had to, I had to change. It had to be something different, but I wasn't going to do it. I needed something to happen to put me on the path to, to basically make that step in and make that decision for me. So I believe that that was absolutely a spiritual experience as well. And I think that everything's a spiritual experience like that. Didn't you say that you, um, your mum helped you to heal it or something? Yeah. Like absolutely. With, with, so I, with, um, your mind. so I broke my ankle. It was my, my leg bones, so my tibia and fibula. Yeah. I, I, you know, the, the knobbly part, the knob part on the inside of your ankle, you got that, the bone that sticks out yeah. just above your foot. That broke off and I clean snapped through the fibula on the outside of my leg. Oh, um, and the fracture that went on my, the, on the bottom of my tibia there, that actually cracked down under and into my bone along the growth plate. So there was this whole thing like where the doctors, I had to operate, I've got metal in it now. And it was, it was a dislocation as well. It did, my ankle dislocated too. So it was, it was pretty nasty. Um, and the doctors were like, he, cause it's gone on the growth plate. I might, my foot, my ankle might not actually grow. So I might have a short leg for the rest of my life and I'll probably have incredible difficulties and all that sort of stuff. Sure, sure. Anyway, and me and mum were just like, no, it's, yeah. a, it's a mindset thing. Yeah. Like she was with me. Oh my God. My, I'm so like what she, you know, that was love. You know, she, so many nights I'm laying in bed in excruciating pain. I call her and she comes and, and lays with me for the, for the rest of the night. And she was there with me constantly all the time. And... Sorry. And if I wasn't for her really taking the, the lead on that and and saying, no, this is how we're going to heal it. This is what we're going to do. I would not have recovered as quickly uh, and as well as I did. I've never had any issues with it since. I've got slightly less flexibility in the ankle joint itself. But besides that, no. We literally would sit there and she would do like Reiki type stuff where just using like kind of the imagination and visualization to be like this, like we're healing this, it's working. And I was constantly, constantly, because I'm just laying there for like three or four months. I couldn't move. Yeah. Just constantly close my eyes and just envisioning the bone, like knitting itself back together, like little worker men with scaffolding up all around the bone, like <laughs> hammering away and, and reconnecting the bones. And... That's amazing. And it, I have that never had any problems with my ankle. I've never had any issues with it. It was a bad break, That's but fantastic. never had any problems with it. After three, three or four months, I was back exercising, like back running around, back getting ready to play cricket. Wow. And I ended up, I, I played, played Victoria that year. Not to brag, but. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so that was, that was, yeah, that, well, there you go. that was an experience to go, this works. This thing, it's not nothing. That type of stuff is not nothing. And so I guess obviously I draw on that experience when it comes to reading the books, relearning sort of how I feel about the world and about health, and then going through that whilst I'm studying a, a healthcare degree, I'm like, holy crap, th th this isn't, this isn't, I don't believe in this. I'm going to be, I'll be part of a system that I think is flawed, like that, that has such an emphasis on on something that I think is, is only super, this superficial element of a person's overall health. And so I'm like, I'm starting to get cold feet with it. And then I'm, I'm also realizing at the same time with your help that it's not for me anyway. Like it, that's You're miserable. Yeah. It's actually just genuinely temperamentally. It's just not suited to me. So all that sort of stuff was so happening. You kept, you kept, honestly, you kept talking about how 
you just how like oh I have to go oh I've got to do this oh I've got to do I'm like oh my gosh you know you're actually supposed to enjoy your work right you're actually supposed to love it and have a passion for it and want to heal people and you were like what like I I remember that because you just were like like I'm actually supposed to enjoy what I do I can do that that's possible like everything and that was what I was learning at the time because I was in the system I was like I went, I needed to, to do a certain thing. Oh, I loved fashion. So I was like, oh, I'll work in retail and work my way up. Except I had no desire to, to work up. I had no desire to actually move anywhere in the sphere of, you know, like it's not even, like if, I, I just didn't love it. And I didn't have a passion for it. I liked working, the actual work part of it, but I didn't like what I was doing. I didn't love what I was doing. I didn't have a passion for it. Like the way I have a passion for what I'm doing now yeah definitely <laughs> it's it was it was really one of those things where it's like you yeah like you said you can actually do what you want to do it's uh, that is allowed we've all being conditioned to think that no you know you you got to do what you got to do if you can't have you know you can't have everything you gotta um what did i hear uh yesterday um you gotta do the shit jobs do the shit jobs you get uncomfortable yeah. the thing is with that doesn't come long-term fulfillment which is what we're trying to do but also it's it's our spiritual approach to life that As is well. that's influencing us and making us say well hang on a second it doesn't feel like it's the right thing to do up until no. this point and based on what we believe and how we operate hey maybe we're wrong i don't know but i want to give this a shot and yeah. we're giving it a shot and that's what feels like the right thing to do so based on everything that we've we've come to up till this point yeah. this is where we're at and this is what we're doing so, no, it doesn't feel like it's the right thing to do. So, we're not going to do it. Yeah. We've tried. And it's not like we, we haven't oh, tried, right? And oh it just has gosh. never eventuated. It just never has. It's never worked out. We haven't been satisfied. Like, it, we end up, it just all fails. It just fails. It just falls. And it's like, well, okay, is this the right? And then when I start drawing and, and you start doing something, all of a sudden things are starting to work. We're starting to feel better. We're starting to see results. Like, Okay, there well, you go. something's telling us something. Something's obviously telling us something. Yeah. And because of our, we've had to be very spiritual, especially over the last two years, because we've been so physically limited, you know, it opens up your soul and your heart to, I want to, I want to make more of an impact. How can I do that with what I've already got within me? Yeah, definitely. And that's passion and love and drive and all that. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but yeah. <laughs> that's okay. So I eventually came to the realization. I knew it all along. It was less a realization and more just a acknowledgement, like just an admittance. Going, okay, I, I don't want to do it. I don't want to be an osteo. And finally said that, made the decision, I'm not going to do it. Um, it was really hard for my family to take, really difficult. And there was a, there was a, there was a lot more factors than just that 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 sort of influenced what happened next. But there was a, it was a big part of it, not in the se- not in a literal sense, in that it was because of that that things happened. It was just it was a culmination of numerous things, numerous different things that all impacted on, on, or that, that kind of amplified the signal of that particular decision. And it's what that meant. So, you know, I'm not going to go into it, into the details of it, but a lot of it was stuff, you know, from, from, from my history, from my past, from the past that I've had with my family and, Definitely, I've played a huge, heavy role in, in creating the environment, which ultimately culminated in that sort of break, breaking point. And so, I knew that 
And it was because I was learning and reading this more spiritual stuff that I'm like, there's something in this for me. This is a spiritual experience for me. So when it, when it happened, I ended up leaving home and I moved in with you and your family. You guys took me in and oh, gosh, that, that was incredible. And I continued reading and continued sort of learning because I'm like, and, and I had, I think that the beauty of it was in a, in a weird way because it was, it was horrible. It was an ugly situation. It was heartbreaking and devastating for everyone. And no one, it's still, it's still with the effects of it are still with us. That's why I'm, you know, that's why I started choking up before. Um, because I know, I know what I've been through with my family and, and it's really difficult. It's really, it's really difficult that it sort of has ended up like this. And, but anyway, because I was already going through this, the, 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 the spiritual literature, I was, I knew that this was a spiritual experience I was having. So I had to figure out what it was. What am I learning from this? What's this experience giving me? And what role have I played? And so what about myself do I need to change? And how do I need to shelve, uh, to shoulder some of the responsibility for what has happened here? And in doing so, without realizing it until later on, I took my power in the situation. And I was like, this, this is my responsibility to resolve to the best of my ability or to either try and directly resolve it or to resolve myself and reconcile myself in that situation so that at least from my end, I can move on. So that's what I did pretty much. And so that, that was, I read pretty intensely a lot of, a lot of uh, that field for a fair while. And then finally, I started to actually have my own thoughts about it. And I've read enough to get to the point and experienced enough with it as well. Because at the same time, I'm going through the most motions sort of with my family as well. And I'm, I'm in the pits of it. And it was really hard. And I had you there the entire time, you know, just holding me, holding the space for me. And your, your family held the space for me here. And I'm forever grateful for it because I needed that. And helped me get back on my feet with it as a better, as a better person, as a stronger man. And so... When I started having my own thoughts about it and my own beliefs about it, I'm like, okay, I think I understand this now. I didn't need that self-help stuff as much. I didn't need that that literature as much. So I started to move on to other things because I loved reading. And then I'm like, I'm starting to have my own thoughts about existence. So then naturally I went towards philosophy. Mm. And then that's sort of how that started for me. And I'm like, where, where the heck do you start? I think I think I might have actually made the, I might have made a detour through psychology a little bit first. And I think that's how I came across Jordan Peterson. Yeah. And then from Jordan Peterson, I, that sort of what was like philosophy. And it was reading 12 Rules for Life that actually helped to take some more abstract spiritual notions of existence and tie them with a little bit more uh, solidity, perhaps, to religious concepts, to more Christian concepts of God and existence. And that's what, that's perhaps what, um, that's what really saved religion in my eyes for me. That's what really brought God to me was reading that and going, holy shit, like there's actually, up until that point, you just think religion is just this this silly, you know, notion that people that believe in, that superstitious people believe in. Like God, that, 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 all, that whole stuff is just entirely irrational and no rationally <laughs> thinking person would believe in the existence of a God or the Bible or all that stuff. I haven't read the Bible per se, but I've read a lot of books that quote it and I've read sections of it and interpreted it in my own sort of way and it's powerful there's a lot in there that's incredibly powerful but anyway it was reading that that opened me up to philosophy it opened me up to religion so i'm starting to get this more sort of philosophical 
These are more philosophical concepts, at least how to think philosophically anyway. I think the first book I read was Plato's Republic. Because like, it's just a classic one that I feel like you always hear about, Republic. So that was the first one I read and it sort of just cascaded from there. And now like I'm, I'm, I am where I'm at right now with my reading. But when I started having my own thoughts and then I started reading philosophy and actually understanding how to structure arguments and, and what to be thinking about and how to think, that was when... That's sort of, that's the really long-winded half-hour version of setting the context for when I actually got to write in the book. And so in that, in that context with the sort of family fallout, with my own spiritual transformation, um, with that coming into more solid notions of God uh, and just starting my sort of journey into reading philosophy and that type of stuff, I wanted to try and lay out at least poetically, just figure out, okay, I want to write down now for me what I believe in. What are my thoughts and my beliefs? And that's what that's what ultimately Inward became. And so at that time, and, and the funny thing was, there was only a, a few things in it. There was only actually a few parts of it, a few lines that I wanted to consciously actually insert in there. I wanted to talk about this specific thing. I wanted to say patience is the awareness that delay does not exist. I knew I wanted to put that in there. I wanted to put a certain... This is before you wrote it. This is before I wrote it. I wanted to put a certain thing about attachment in there. But besides those two things, the, everything else just flowed out. I pretty much felt like I had no control over it. And it felt like something was riding through me. Anyway, the, the finished piece, you ended up encouraging me to publish it. And so I did. And here we are. But I think I've been so nervous this entire time to now try and get out of the story. <laughs> and then back to sort of where we're at now in the process. The story is important. Yeah. It's been story needs to be heard. It's been a really difficult thing for me to share myself with the world. And the funny thing is that I love it. Like doing the podcast and the recording, all that stuff. It it lights me up. You know, you talk about the thing that lights you up all the time and makes you feel good. It's like the thing that lights me up is the thing I'm most afraid to share. You know, I was... Because it's true. It's true to me. And it. I I know I have a long way to go with it. I know even... I feel like we'll, we'll, we'll listen back to these episodes again in the future and go, oh, oh okay. listen, to, listen to them talk. How cringy. This is just where we're at. It's where we're at. And I've been so... Like when I played cricket and I had aspirations to be playing for Australia, I ultimately... In the end, I realized, I'm like, it's just it's just not for me. I don't have the passion. I don't have the drive to go forward with it. You're good at it. I was good at it. Everyone wanted you. For sure. But I didn't have it's the drive. Enough. But this is the thing I've got the drive with. I do enjoy writing. I do enjoy ideas. I do enjoy talking like this. But it's it's really hard to stand there. And ha- when, when you value it, when, when, I, when you value, you know, you know, with your art, Yes. When you believe in something, when you value it, and when you're sharing it, it's it's one thing to, to create it, yeah. but it's another thing to actually share it. It's terrifying. It is. That's why I admire you so much and you're you're lighting the path for me with with your art and putting your art out there and standing behind it as I'm the artist that made this and this is where yeah. it came from. Now. <laughs> yeah, now you are. I was exactly where you were probably four years ago, four or five years ago. Like when we met probably, yeah. Like I, I knew... I knew that I had a creative path ahead of me. I knew it. I didn't want to do it because I didn't know how to do it. I didn't have the support around me who knew how to do it. I didn't know anyone who had done it or was doing it. 
for a prof- pro- professionally and I knew there was something within me. I'm like, but I have to know myself first. I have to go through what you went through with Inward. Yeah. I had to go through that, my own personal discovery. Yeah. And, and then ironically, the personal discovery I did through art, which then was like, um, duh, this whole thing was you just trying to, sh- like I'm just showing you to be an artist, but I was actually finding myself through art, which, it, yeah, it's all paradox. And the same kind of thing happens with me with, with writing. Funnily enough, too, and it's the same kind of. It's always, it's always been. It was always there when I was younger. You know, I used to like writing and that type of thing. It's usually what comes naturally to you and what you genuinely love. Always that. I was always good at English. Like always creativity. It was. Mum was always very, very firm with. We had to know comprehension. We had to, you know, phonetics, the alphabet. Like she was onto that from us from an early age. I could read pretty fluently by the time I was in primary school. Yeah. You know, there was none of this like getting all the way into high school and still not knowing how to spell or to use grammar, you know? And, and so I had a lot of that stuff down pat from a young age because mum put the work into making sure that her kids were very literate. Yeah. And so like that was, that's something that has obviously influenced me. I needed that, but it's yeah. something that it does light me up. It does make me yeah. feel good. I enjoy mm. it. I appreciate it. So that's what's been a big block for me that I've had to overcome with this book is that I wrote it and I have to, I have to stand by it and, and let it have a chance. Like, yes, I've put it out there and I published it, but I, I have not given it a chance because I, I've been too scared to give it a chance. Yeah. If I'm honest. And God was like, okay, if you're not going to do it, I'm going to do it. So I'm going to get this person to see it, to know who knows the, this person in the bookshop and I'm going to put it there to push you. And I've been pushed into this circumstance. And <clears throat> I said, like the other day, in terms of our personal situation here that we've sort of talked about a few times in the last couple of episodes, yeah. you're like, you keep sort of apologizing for the fact that I'm caught up in it a little bit. And I'm like, I have to do what I have to do. I have learned that I have to do what I have to do. You know, when you're, when you're put into a situation, then you just have to see, you, you just have to go along with it sometimes. And I'm like, with the book... I have to I have to go forward with this now. This is where I'm at. I have to actually see where this can go. And so, especially since it making it into Collins, gosh, I don't know if how bad this winds coming up I'm on the audio. It's symbolic. It's like the winds of change. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'll be nice. That's a nice thing to think about. Yeah. It's crazy. The last night it was Honestly, insane. I'm, I just shudder. I'm shuddering cuz I'm scared. I mean, the the shed's not moving. Yeah, no, we're right. The sound and yeah. But I've made the decision. I'm like, no, okay, I'm going to actually give this a chance now. And being inspired by the fact that it actually was that simple to get it onto a bookshelf, despite seemingly all the blocks that I perceived were in the way. Yeah. I'm like, no, I'm going to give it a shot now. I'm going to, I'm going to go around to, I'm going to go to uh, shopping. I'm probably going to go to High Point, the uh, shopping center. And I'm going to go to the different bookshops and I'm going to see if I can just give the manager there, if the manager's around, see if I can give them a copy and see if I can actually recreate what happened with Collins there. And just see if I can say, can you have a flick through it? Tell me what you think. Is it possible? Yeah. And just see what happens. You can just ask, like, well, is that the same process? Does it work like that here? Yeah. Can I, is it just simply me bringing in my book? And is it that simple? And I'm ready to now, not, not, not only because I have to, because our situation warrants my action in the way that you're acting with your art. Yeah. And you're putting yourself out there. I have, to, I, I have to act in that way too because I need to support you. I can't just sit here and tell you to go forward and you go with your art and you do your thing because you know, you're an artist and that's great and I'll just be over here supporting you. I need to step Waiting up Waiting for your time. Yeah, yeah I need to step up as well because I've got a book that I need to stand by. You're also a Leo rising, which means that you're 
you need to rise up into a Leo, into a lion. And it's so it's scary as. It is, a, yes. It's it really is. scary. And that's what I'm, I'm trying. This, this podcast, a lot of what we're doing and showing up with is terrifying for me. But I'm getting better at it. We're getting better and I'm feeling more confident. And I obviously am feeling more confident because I'm like, no, I'm ready. I'm you ready now it, to take yeah. this book and see where it goes. And to, to get into better practices with my writing and creativity. And, you know, I'm going to email Booktopia as well today and see what happens. Because it's, I'm just, like I said, it's not only because I have to now, but it's because I want to. I'm ready. I'm ready to want it now. And to, to see where it goes. That's really beautiful. Where I wasn't before. And I, I will say that watching you over the last four years, since all of that happened with your family, it has been such an honor to watch you grow through that time on your own. I mean, I know as I was holding space for you, but I had no idea how to hold you. I had no idea what, how to guide you. I had no idea how we were going to get through that and how you were going to get through that. And yet every day, somehow I had, I, I, I was just like, I don't know what to do, but just to sit here and be with you and to let you trying like just allow space for you to just think all of this out and you we spoke a lot and a lot and a lot and it was the foundation of our relationship we built everything in that time because it was a crisis and when you work hard with the people around you in a crisis and you want to actually get through and you want to understand them and you learn and we learned a lot about each other in that time i learned a lot about you watching you though Going from someone who was confused, unsure of what you wanted to do, who you like the biggest question mark, I, I saw I could relate because I know how confusing that time was. And I had no one. I didn't even I didn't have anyone. But I was like, if this is the time where I get to hold I I'm the person that I wanted to be for myself, because that confusion is painful. When you don't know what you're doing, when you don't have no idea and you've got no one around you, it is so, it is so hard. And I'm like, if this is my role, just to play, just to sit here and be with you and hold space for you and say that it's okay and you will, fi- you, you are figuring it out and watching you want to figure it out and watching you try to fix the circumstance, going back constantly to try and mend and really working at it and finding yourself and exploring yourself was honestly it was watching it was literally like watching a caterpillar creating its cocoon and then blooming the whole process from start to finish that's what i felt like i saw it was incredible and where you've come to now is I'm just I'm still confused and unsure but a little bit less so <laughs> but it's it's that you have more of a certain i mean me too of course yeah. <laughs> me too but it's that the first part is always so hard because when you when when you wake up to like who am i you're li- genuinely asking that question not just like oh who am i today or who like it's a who am i what am i yeah, what is this existence stuff. this is an illusion is it an illusion is this real it, it freaked me out the funny, and that's a funny thing is because I started reading philosophy then. I started actually going into some of those areas that questioned a lot of that stuff. And then you eventually caught up and you started reading some stuff too like that. And then it kind of sent you into this nihilistic spin. Yes, I, I did nearly fall again. And I had to call you and say, honey, I have to stop. Um, I'm, you have to help me. You were at work. 
and I was at we were at Backus Marsh at this point, and I was like, oh my god, oh my god, I. I and I was going into deep. I'm like, what is this? What is this life? It's nothing. It's nothing. Oh my God. Yeah, it's, all like, it's all an illusion. It's all a joke. It's, yeah, oh my God. Am I going crazy? <laughs> and that is it. What's the point? What's the point? It's fucking terrifying. That's why I, one of the reasons I think I believe that you need to believe things that you can act on. So I'm really glad that you went through that. Yeah. So that I could, you could be like. My head's, I'm okay. suited to that kind of thing though because yes, of the way I'm my not. mind functions. I had functions. to stop. Yeah. I was like, okay, this probably not for me. Yeah. <laughs> just, I'm, just better, I'm just better suited to that type of stuff, I think. Not because I'm better in any sort of way, but it's just my no, mind just, is structured that's your strength. differently. That's your yeah. strength. My mind is not my strength. Yeah. In my human design chart, I've got, it's all open up there. It's all open. It's all like. Mine's very clear cut and defined. Yes, you're very defined. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I, I can be anything today. Imagination. Yeah. <laughs> No. But it's been a, it's been a, just to watch you has been just such an honor because, even, and even more so because you're my husband now and going through that with you and having, experiencing that and seeing you, the person that I've chosen, who's willing to go to those lengths of change for himself and me and the, our future. One of the things you have to, because if you don't, then what? What's the alternative? What's the alternative? And I didn't want to think of that, you know. Through the time that it stopped me from going down into that downward spin, reading this stuff, learning this stuff, and asking those types of questions, because it helped me to believe something strongly enough that I could act on it, and that helped me to move through it, because the acting was a was a, it's it's moving. You know, and that's what I needed to do so that I didn't stop and and just wallow. Because I had you to think about. I was also under your parents' roof. I couldn't just sit there and do nothing and, and then just, just basically expect that I was going to be taken care of. You know, I'm not like that. I wasn't raised like that anyway. So, but yeah, that, I mean, that's, you know... Somewhat, you know, the, the probably the best summary I can give of the backstory behind why I wrote the book, what it sort of means to me, and and what it means right now that I'm at this point where I'm like I'm ready to to let it let it go, and see what happens. I'm proud of you. Thank you. Very Thanks. proud of you. And your words are really nice. <laughs> I love you. I love you too. See uh, you tomorrow. Yeah, I guess we'll be back tomorrow with. Uh, Something. Something new. Something new. Whatever some some new part today. of the process. <laughs>